The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. We say good morning to Carly Shank from the UIS Performing Arts Center. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. <clears throat> What'd you bring for us today? What's well, going on? Um, Except Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. I when is that? Let's jump ahead that. to that in a um, minute. I hate to do that to you. I know you have a script ready to go, and uh, but Seinfeld, I think, is just, he has been here before and always very popular. Yes. Sell out probably? Probably. Based on past? Um, probably. Uh, the way his uh, crew does business, they, right. uh, they, 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 boy, they keep really good stats on like how frequently they should visit a community really? and they make it such that they can, you know, always really sell it out. So. Do, do most, do some of them watch closely ticket sales, then all of a sudden, if it's not going as well as they want might say, oh, we've got an illness with one of the group. We can't make it. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I can't say over my 20 years that there's been a lot of that, but all bets are off right sure. now in the oh, last really? year since COVID. Uh-huh. Um, audiences are back, but they're not back quite at the normal pace. And I don't, a, a year ago and even Four or five months ago, I would have said people were still COVID shy. And now our industry isn't talking about that quite as much as, well, people got used to staying in their homes. Uh, we're also dealing with this economy. People are making more choices about how they're going to spend their leisure money. Uh, but first and foremost has been their their time. If so. they do that, they're under contract. Maybe there's an escape clause in the contract, but... Do you recoup? I mean, you've got then you have to do a lot of refunding of money that takes time and effort. It does. It t- and it all depends on how the particular contract is written. Most of our artists, we're in some kind of um, shared arrangement with a promoter, mm-hmm. and so we will share those kind of costs. And there have been very few outright cancellations. Most of them have been a postponement, reschedule kind of situation. Um, we are still, I think we still haven't announced a date yet. We had a Weird Al concert in May mm-hmm. right. that his people on his crew and he himself had COVID. And we were waiting because we were like possibly going to be able to have our date, which was sold out mm. um, because of the amount of days that he would need to wait. But we, you know, we're sitting there in the office going, but come on, your other people on your crew sure. are going to have it. And so sure enough, it, it, it didn't get postponed until the day before. But then working out a new date when, you know, there's already a full tour schedule is a challenge. Uh, so people are, you know, we're grateful that people are just kind of sitting on their tickets waiting to hear when that concert's going to go. And, of course, we'll refund their money if they need that. But most people are just waiting to see when it's going to happen. Stage Journal Register ran an article that's getting some reaction about what they paid for each act at the state fair. Mm -hmm. And over, okay, some of them gross revenue something, and I can't remember the acronym exactly. But after you grow so many dollars, then the artist gets a percent of that. Do you folks kind of deal with that too or not necessarily? Uh, Yeah, every contract is different. Uh, Broadway shows, um, we 
uh, that's very much a collaboration where we pay them a, a set fee. Sure. Then we pay our expenses, and then after we get done with that, then there's a split that happens. Um, a lot of our work with promoters, so a, there'll be a commercial promoter who has Ron White for several dates. Right. And so he is the one who actually has the contract with Ron White, and we have a contract with him. And um, those contracts enable us to access artists that we might not otherwise have access to for the rates that the promoter is able to get them for. Um, And then, yes, there's very often that kind of split situation. Usually it's not documenting expenses. It's just kind of a hard and fast after this much amount of money, then they get X money. The other thing I probably got more attention, although some people were talking about the amount of money paid for certain artists and so on, are the food requests and all of the frills, how they want certain things, certain bottled water, this, that. Is that common? Is that almost in every contract where they're going to say, here's what we'd like to eat before, after, during the show, whatever the case might be? It is very common. And it's not a, um, in in 95% of cases, yeah. it is not a situation of, oh, the artist is really insistent and they really need to have all these things. You have to think about their crew. I mean, their crew are living on the road. Let's take uh, like a band like Styx. So if they're on even a really short tour, the uh, road people will roll in at 8 o'clock in the morning, load the whole show in. Um, They will take naps all over the building Mm. in the middle of the afternoon (laughs) if they can. They'll do the show, load it out, get on a bus at 1 a.m., travel to the next city, sleep in the next city's loading dock, and get out and do it all again. Like, the crew does not have time to go to a restaurant. So they usually give us requirements of, you know, Monday is chicken day, and we want these kind of things, and Tuesday is this day, just because they can't leave it up to chance that, like, every place they go is going to serve them pizza. That You just can't sustain life that way for six weeks on the road when they have very few days where they even get to sleep in a hotel, the crew. Do you folks get together and, and the Broadway acts or the Broadway shows, I understand, but individual acts like Seinfeld, do you put together a list or do you let find out what's available and think, okay, this is available that might fly in Springfield? Um, so usually the promoters come to us with acts that they have access to. Okay. We get, notes from agents and sometimes we ask our <clears throat> promoters that we work with hey we see that this person is on tour is that somebody that we could maybe access um there's a there's very little like cold calling from our office because a lot of these um these shows know their business and so they the people who are are managing and and promoting some of the a-list acts. They know what kind of cities they're looking for, what kind of size cities, what kind of size venues. Well, and the routes as well. I mean, they have to figure their own logistics, right? Yeah. And they're, so, you know, they're looking at the pole star numbers of, you know, they're another 80s band and they can see how many tickets we did for Sticks the last time Sticks was here. And that helps them get a sense of whether we might be the right venue for them. Carla, there's some that will just obviously the size of the venue are going to rule them out. I mean, they're just not going to look at it. People yep. say, well, how come you can't bring them here? Well, you want to pay $200 a ticket for only 2,000 seats. Yep. You, you got to pay the bill. 
and, and that's probably not going to fly. So there are some you just won't even think about Springfield because of the size of the, the venue. Yeah. Uh, okay, we, we all started with Jerry Seinfeld. What <laughs> happened? How did we get a I did that on purpose because I wanted to give you a chance to give me the exact info on Seinfeld. He is here when? He is here February 17th. Yes. And uh, tickets are on sale to our friends group right now. Yes. And um, we'll go on sale to the public. Let me see if I've got a date for that. Seventeenth, sure. though, he's performing. Will it just do one show? As of right now, but that's another. Oh, there's thing. a chance, really. There, there's always that chance, okay. especially when you see like it's a seven p.m. show. Yes. So uh, I don't think the last time he was here, he scheduled a second show. Um, I, I know we have done two shows in a night. Do you personally get a chance to meet the performers? Um. Not, it, it all depends on who they are. Really? Yeah. And and some of them, like the comedians are especially amusing because they don't need to like be in the building for very long. They don't need to do a sound check. Like they have their person do a sound check. So lots of times they walk into the building, you know, if the show's supposed to be at 7, they might be walking into the building at 7.01, assuming there's a five minute hold and never step foot in a dressing room and walk right, walk on, right stage on stage and walk out while the applause is still going at the end of the show. So <laughs> on the bus or in the car and they're out of here. That sometimes. How yeah. was, was Ron White one of those type people? Do you remember? No, you actually Ron White will go and, and meet with anybody. <laughs> really? Both before and after? Uh, a little bit like that. You know, Ron White was in our loading dock on Thursday, March 12th. Yes. 2020. Right. Yes. And we knew that Sangamon County was going to shut things down Saturday at midnight. And so this was a Thursday. We, we were all good to go with our Thursday show, with our Friday Josh Turner show. And then at 515, the governor said, effective immediately, stop it all. Right. And so we had workers and volunteers starting to come in. And, and Brian Reeves, our director, had to get on the bus and say, sorry, Ron, we're not going to do this show. <laughs> Because the mm. governor says we can't. Mm. So. Uh, you're here for a reason. I am. Heaven forbid we would get to that. <laughs> uh, but let's try. What's going on? So I'm here to talk about some of our local arts and arts education initiatives. Okay. The most uh, upcoming thing that I want to talk about is that we have scheduled some sensory-friendly events, often thought of as being... Um, uh, very good events for folks who are on the autism spectrum to attend. And we looked around the community and um, there's a, there's a little bit of um, activity happening for those folks and those families, people who care for those folks. Um, But not a lot. And we really wanted to make a contribution there. Um, And so we've got a couple of events that are appearing both on our school series during the daytime and then also an evening performance of those. And in November, we have a musician who is based out of Champaign that we have presented many times before. He's a nationally traveling musician. Chris Valillo is his name. He does a lot. He plays a lot of instruments. He kind of starts with the stringed instruments, the uh, banjo and different guitars, and then goes out from there to the hammered dulcimer to dobros and a a jaw harp. He's going to do a presentation about uh, music in Illinois across time. Um, 
And uh, he is very excited. Uh, this is the first time he's been asked to perform for an audience uh, and to make his show sensory friendly. So things like the lights won't be all the way out and there won't be intense changes in lighting. Um, audience members don't have to be concerned about, you know, if you're if you're caring for a child who might call out or or might run down to the stage uh <laughs> At, during the show, that's fine. We're ready for that, and that's okay. And we want those families to feel comfortable. And, and Chris especially is excited about that. And that will be in our smaller studio oh, theater yeah, below Sangamon Auditorium. So that makes it a little less daunting of an experience for families as well. And then in February, we are going to do an abbreviated uh, rock ballet performance with Copper Coin Ballet. That will also be in that smaller space and designed for the sensory-friendly families. What do you have, Gary, ready for the Christmas season, holiday season? Oh, yeah. As far as entertainment? Um, so much. We start November 11th, I believe it is, with a baby shark Christmas. So <laughs> if you have uh, baby shark people in your life, there's a, there's a Christmas show. Um, and then it just goes on from there. It's our year to have Mannheim Steamroller. Really? The look on his face. When's when Mannheim Steamroller coming? Polly wants tickets. Uh, Mannheim looks like it is on November 15th. November okay. 15th Will you go there? Mannheim. See Mannheim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Apparently I like Mannheim. They put on a great show. It okay. is a great show. Really great production, projections, and... Boy, that, that is not one for a sensory-friendly audiences <laughs> because the, uh, the lights and the haze and everything... Um, uh, yeah, but so, great show. Are, are there still, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I, a couple others. The rest of Christmas is, um, uh, the week of Thanksgiving. We have the musical Tootsie on Tuesday. Okay. On Wednesday, we have million dollar quartet Christmas. Oh, you know, really? the idea yes, of million dollar Would you go to quartet. that, Sam? Huh? Would you go to that? I've seen him four times. Never heard the Christmas version. I know this is a brand new yeah. thing that the producers of the show have made at Christmas. Really? Yeah. You know the actual event was on December fourth, and usually there's like a Christmas tree sure. on stage. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then of course we'll have the Nutcracker by Springfield Ballet. We'll have a Illinois Symphony Orchestra Pops concert. Um, oh, we have the Prophecy Show again, which is a Trans Siberian Orchestra tribute show. You know that's a show. Trans-Siberian Orchestra performs in big arenas and everything, but they were here last year, and the audience was very happy with it. Um, I I knew a lot of people, and I, I checked in with them. I was like, you know this is a tribute show. It's not, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I've been to a big <laughs> Trans-Siberian show in the past. but um, How many season ticket again. holders are there? So we, there are only subscriptions for Broadway and for the Illinois Symphony Orchestra. Okay. Um, and we have... Three Broadway shows this year, which is a lot fewer than typical, and that's kind of a still a fallout from COVID and not too many of them being on the road. Um, but we have more subscribers. I think we have in the neighborhood of 800 seats sold oh, wow. through subscriptions. If somebody wants a ticket for Mannheim Steamroller, mm -hmm. could they buy that now? Yes. And how do they do that? Uh, UISPAC.com is our website and check out all the information and buy from there. And you can see the list of events. Can you, I mean, I am really surprised and I shouldn't be uh, the number of people that I know that go to almost every event out there. I mean, people I would not thought would do that. 
is there any, I mean, is it the same? There's a hard, are there people that are just not going to miss a performance at, in that auditorium? Um, there's some, but, you know, you say you've got people who come to everything. We, we're doing a lot uh, of additional programming coming up in our smaller space. Okay. The studio Theater, which only seats 124. Right. So that's a very different experience. Um, the In terms of the big shows, you know, if if you know people who want to go to all the A list stuff, and they that's don't want to miss what it is. Ron okay. White and Sticks sure. and that kind yes, of thing. Yes. So that you know, there's one or two of those a month. Sometimes they get all crowded up together. Um, and then there's that you know, there's a lot of additional um, community events. Things like the I bet your friends aren't going to the Baby Shark Christmas show unless they're. He still doesn't the... know. I don't even think he knows Baby <laughs> No, Shark. he has no clue. The look on his, that's why I was laughing. It's that blank look staring into space. He's... Out of 365 nights, Ooh. how many are you using the auditorium, this performing center? Well, okay, using the auditorium. So there's a few things that the uh, Illinois Symphony Orchestra, the Springfield Ballet, and this year uh, Copper Coin Ballet will also do a Nutcracker all of those will require some rehearsal days. We don't have to have a lot of rehearsal days in our big hall for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, once you incorporate those rehearsal days, I'm sure we're at 100 event nights or uh, days where work is happening in there. How many um, events? How many nights? I don't know. I'll, I'll get that for you. The no, next I really moment. want to know that. I, I, <laughs> you think it's uh, 75, 100 events anyway? No. Uh, 75, yeah. 75 events in sure. the auditorium in, in a calendar year. That's, that, that'd be my ballpark. Do, do the, that's the, pretty good. No, I would think that's correct. I'll have to pull back on that after I look at the. Do they, do they take the summer off? We don't officially take the summer off, but yeah. there's not a lot of events that want to be inside during the summer. So like we did a Don McLean concert in July. Um, and you know, the. The Illinois Symphony Orchestra, they're not going to do things during the summer. Uh, I must tell you, Don McLean, and this is he, Greg Hallbleib, he did an interview with him, mm. right? And I don't know what happened to it. Well, yeah, neither do I. That's why no one heard it. But, 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 uh, but Don McLean a- said, he says, this is absolutely one of the best interviews I've ever heard. <laughs> Anybody do ask me questions because Greg can relate to die. He knows the music, knows mm-hmm. the genre, knows everything about it. And lo and behold, we never, we, we lost. had a great time. Uh, yeah. We really did. Uh, we could only get eight minutes. You know, that's all that was allotted, but uh, yeah. I was grateful for the it eight was, minutes. Yeah. We had a great time, but I, I hope that went well. And uh, I know you had Leanne Morgan in there not long ago, and I know that had to have gone well. So, uh, yeah, we had a nice crowd for Leanne Morgan. Why, okay, final question, why do people love that auditorium, both as performers and as audience? They I've never heard anything negative about that auditorium oh, or that center. Know, it, was, it, it, it is a product of its time, was built in 1981. So, you know, the first thing that that means is that people who are listening right now and are like, I got to complain about that place. The seats aren't wide enough. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're constantly readjusting that. Sure. And so, yeah. you know, we are, um, our director, Brian Reeves, is in a great mode of, you know, looking ahead. And so we're looking at that 
It's awfully costly, and we would reduce capacity if sure we you replaced would. seats. Yep. Um, but but that's a consideration for sure. The other thing, you know how the main floor is all continental seating. So we have right. some rows that are 60 seats across. So you got to, if you come from either side and you're getting to the middle, you got to walk over 30 legs, mm-hmm. 30 sets of legs to get there. So that's that's a little bit of a challenge. But I think 2,000 seats is a real sweet spot. The furthest seat is only 110 feet from the lip of the stage. Wow. We were building oh. them really good in the early yeah. 80s. That's, and yeah, there's not, there's not uh, older theaters would have like a post and you might like have an obstructed view. Yeah. And <laughs> this is constructed without that. So um, everybody is, is generally very happy. The acoustics, although we haven't talked a lot about um, artists who would care about acoustics like like the symphony orchestra but the acoustics are just great in that hall when you need to use non-amplified sound as a sound guy i can appreciate it also our production team our our uh, stage hands and everybody who works backstage they are awesome more information website uispac.com that'll work thanks for coming all right thank you carly shank used to be professionally known as carly simon is now carly (laughs) shank and we ask, we enjoy when she comes in to visit with us because it's all You're rehearsed. So she knows vain. it. There you go. See? See? You're so vain. I love it. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.